Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all at work. So, we are back for another week. This time, coming to you live from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, I guess. <laughs> More correctly, we're coming live from your Discord server. That too. Uh, <laughs> which I should rename the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. You should. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're coming live from Discord this week um, because workers at Amazon, Whole Foods, Instacart, Target, Trader Joe's, and dozens of other quote-unquote essential businesses over the United States and Canada are striking today, today being May 1st or May Day, the anniversary of the Haymarket Riots. Labor history. I bet you didn't expect to get labor history in a wrestling podcast. They haven't been listening long enough then. To this podcast? What What are we on? Episode like 12? Yeah, I, I, we've definitely done some labor history a couple times. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've at least talked about different places unionizing. <laughs> True. So with that in mind, we are not using, or at least limiting our use of Amazon services. That includes Twitch. In solidarity and to not cross any picket lines. Because we have solidarity and respect for all striking workers of any kind except cops. I'm, I'm going to let that one sit and breathe for a bit. <laughs> I'm okay with it. Okay, we'll leave it in. Um, so anyway, uh, BTE 201. Where Matt is a little bit surprised that they're still going. Yeah, he thought, he thought it was done. They were over with. That's definitely what they got got at at the end there. Yeah, no, the the intention of two hundred was that was the last BTE. <laughs> totally, it wrapped perfectly on episode two hundred. Actually, all the loose ends were figured out. There was nothing left to do, except for all the stuff that was left to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cutler still has his contract. Yeah, so he's got to keep filming. <laughs> so we come into Matt and Nick talking in their backyard where they go over that after the show last week or after the last one was filmed they both ended up going to the hospital for checkups nick's at about 15 percent health so he's gonna have to sell that for a while longer matt's got another two years of selling it left on his back i i just i i appreciate the amount of like tongue-in-cheek that they get with these percentages yep it was very good um so after the intro luchasaurus calls dr black who i think wrestles for ring of honor he looked familiar but i wasn't gonna look anything up i was still at work while this was playing <laughs> that's fair basically luchasaurus explains his missing tail situation Dr. Black is like, oh, your chakra, I mean, your chakra is blocked. Your chakra is blocked? <laughs> uh, and he's... You're blocked from chakra. What? And so he, he offers to make Luchasaurus some potions if he calls him back in exactly three minutes and 45 seconds. <laughs> so there's a three minute and 45 second interlude here. 
of Brandon Cutler doing the kickout challenge with the local jobbers. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, he, he kicks out of a lot of stuff. He's looking really good. Until he doesn't. And then they pin him. <laughs> and then they pin him. <laughs> like, how bad is it for Cutler then if the local jobbers pinned him? It might be worse than getting pinned by Peter Avalon. Ooh, yeah. Because Peter Avalon at least has a, a contract. Mm-hmm. These are just local jobbers uh we get a promo for the young bugs book killing the business that was mostly about colt cabana invading <laughs> this episode of AE- of, of bte after oh. he was told no colt you won't be on bte oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it, it it's hilarious to be completely honest i love it i love how colt is getting in every episode now mm-hmm just because it infuriates Kenny. <laughs> it's such a good bit. Good old horse hut. <laughs> horse hut. <laughs> uh, we get we get the young bucks going around the BTE compound, super kicking literally everyone. Yeah, that was a, that was fun. It's a good little spot. You know, they all one of them tries to duck out of the way, one of the jobbers, but uh, gets a DDT instead, and then Brandon gets a DDT. Because he's got the camera still. Mm-hmm. Up next, Luchasaurus gets high as fuck. Those mail-order drugs came in real quick, too. Yeah, it was delivered by Uber gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> there was a section where Luchasaurus's dead mother talked about her big old titties. Yeah, no, even for me, that was kind of weird. That was, it was like, okay, so like, BTE obviously pushes the envelope a little bit. But having your dead mother talk about her big old titties. It was weird. And then how she's going to make him shit himself. Yes. You're going <laughs> to shit your pants. <laughs> you shit your pants. We get a nice little montage of Luchasaurus time with uh, Super Panda during this. Mm-hmm. That gives him the power to come back and cut off the snake's head. By materializing a sword. Twitcher replies, I shit my pants! Uh, Luchasaurus wakes up having found that he shit his pants, and then he's like, when was the last time I shit my pants? Panda Express! That's where my tail must be! Because <laughs> that's how you find things, I guess. You you trip, you fight your dead mother who tries to make you shit your pants, you shit your pants. And then you go to Panda Express. You know what? Yeah, no, that's a pretty solid day, actually. I can't complain. The, the Luchasaurus segment is so weird. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, I assume it's going to be resolved next week now, and I kind of can't wait to see what they do. Yeah, same. Uh, particularly if it means Super Panda joins AEW. Hmm. I mean, just because someone's um, being the Elite doesn't mean they're going to be in All Elite. I mean, Sami Zayn was in a Being the Elite episode. That's true. Uh, yeah, you know, Sami Zayn definitely still under contract and not refusing to wrestle for WWE. For completely legitimate reasons. For very legitimate reasons. That's not sarcasm, by the way. <laughs> no. I realize that the, the very dryness of it can get lost, so I better point that no, out. Like, it's personal safety reasons, but also, like, it puts, you know, holding the Inter- Intercontinental Championship hostage puts him in a better negotiating position yep to ideally because the the rumblings are that Sammy's trying to start a union but that's the rumors going around yeah that the there's no concrete evidence of it but yeah my thinking is that if 
I don't think Sami Zayn's important enough to the company to get this moved through. It's going to take someone a bit more important to the company, and they, I feel like they just don't like Sammy that much. Yeah, but like I said on Twitter before, you know, uh, if there's anything we can do to help Mr. Zane, please let us know. Including Aaron will, Aaron will wear her Generica mask while we record. It's right there. I know it is. I don't know why I'm not wearing it now, but oh well. It's too late. We have a little bit of private party drama. As they try to figure out who jumped them. Including accusing each other of being the one who (laughs) jumped them. And then we get the final scene of the episode where the brother's young buck look up at the sky. What's that in the sky? And we see in sky writing the initials FTR. Which we all know means... Franklin Telenor Roosevelt. Or also possibly... Uh, fuck the revival. <laughs> or free the revolt. I don't know. One of those. <laughs> what what other things could FTR stand for? <laughs> Fight those rabbits. <laughs> free taco recommendation. Yep. <laughs> Tag at adorable on Twitter for a free taco re- recommendation. Fist them rectums. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. That's a thing. Fry that rice. Yep. I had fried rice for lunch today, actually. It's pretty good. Feed the rest of the cast. <laughs> I'll make you fried rice when I see you again. <laughs> I was doing rest of the cast as one word for FTR. Okay. So yeah, I one one would assume that the revival slash revolution are headed or revolts what are they calling themselves i think it's the revolt now that's what it seems to be through everything they've shown okay i'm pretty good with that no for sure speaking of the revolt actually wait fusilli tagliatelle rotini it's a pasta reference <laughs> <laughs> okay as i was saying <laughs> wait what if the r is radiatore and farfalle instead of fusilli ratatouille fresh tomato ratatouille there we go there we go oh that's that sounds really good actually shit that's a summer food yeah what was i saying i don't right. remember the revolt so there's some news out this week where they were getting a bunch of patents for different things mm-hmm like, uh, FTR for Free the Revolt, for just the name itself, for whatever their slogan was. I think it was like, no flips, just punches or something. I can't remember. But they also tried to get the FTRKO. No flips, just fists. There you go. I couldn't remember. But yeah, Although they tried... flips are still cool. Flips are really cool, yeah. But yeah, they're trying to get FTRKO. Which refers to Randy Orton, which is, I think that's, like, their negotiating patent. Where it's like, yeah, no, we, we, we're we getting all these, but we'll give you this one <laughs> to leave some more alone. Right. <laughs> no flips, just fist them rectums. <laughs> oh, I'm cutting that one out and putting it in the, Aaron, pa- put that in the Patreon cut. <laughs> There's a Patreon cut now? No. <laughs> but we can pretend. 
so yeah no it was a good it was good it was a lot of fun actually yeah i don't feel bad that it wasn't aew dark west coast edition because i enjoyed the skits they were putting on again and giving the focus to right right it does not every bte needs to be excessively wrestling you yeah. know part of the appeal of bte is giving it space to be a show about wrestlers rather than about wrestling exactly so i did not mind that so then the next day we had dark which was two matches this week the first of which was jimmy havoc taking on sean dean in a squash match and the second was best friend versus lee johnson and musa in what i would count as a tag squash match because it's a tag match they get an extra three minutes okay because there's two guys instead of one (laughs) so yeah not a whole lot to really go over in the matches but there was some interesting commentary beforehand where tony and cody were talking about jimmy havoc a bit and saying how He's a really good friend of Kip Sabian. Which, as as gays, we know really good friend actually means that they're lovers. Yeah. And also bringing up that uh, they live together, all mm-hmm. three of them. So It's a polycule house. Can we just fucking say it's a polycule? It <laughs> is. teasing this? We just have... I've tweeted at Jimmy Havoc. He hasn't replied to me yet. <laughs> that means we figured it out. <laughs> Totally didn't get lost in the rest of his mentions. (laughs) No, certainly. And it's definitely not that he, you know, doesn't reply to people because he's verified and I'm not. (laughs) Because that happens a lot. Shit, we should get verified. That's a difficult thing to do. Imagine the phone we could have then. Like, Twitter verification is 50% who you know at Twitter. Yeah. Let's see, how to get verified on Twitter. Your profile complete with profile is a verified phone number. It's your birthday. Your tweets is public. Visit the verification form on Twitter. Let's see. Okay, while you do that, I would like to make one thing clear. In that when we talk about uh, Jimmy, Kip, and Penelope being in a polycule, it is kind of tongue-in-cheek. As much as I want to see that kind of representation of my life on a bigger stage, I'm not actually thrusting that upon them no 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 it's it's worth noting that this is entire like you know it would be great if that was an angle that they did you know but like or even just was a thing right but it's not a requirement no i still enjoy their work together as performers obviously you know kip and penelope is a bit more of a thing kind of getting engaged and all Mm mm-hmm so, yeah, it's it's all very tongue in cheek and not intended to be serious commentary. If if it is anything, it's something, but that's not our place to talk about it. So we will continue to joke about it. Yep, because it's funny and we're adding our own representation to things because there's not a lot of because that's the queer lifestyle. Yeah, you have to make up your own representation. So this match between Sean Dean and Jimmy Havoc. It was a match. It was it was a Jimmy Havoc match. He did a lot of British style catch wrestling. It was yep. a lot of a lot of finger work, grabs, holds, and finger work, which the Brits love their finger work. Yep, take that how you will. 
God damn it, cat. <laughs> he was trying to be subtle about it. I wasn't. There's no point in subtlety. And he here you go, just just busting the door down again. Subtlety is for other podcasts and other subject matters. This is wrestling. When has there ever been subtlety? <laughs> okay, fair. Like, subtlety literally doesn't work in wrestling. No, it really doesn't. That's why they have literal demons who have different face paint depending on which of the seven deadly sins they're representing. <laughs> when the person who happens to be that demon is wrestling in her non-demon persona. She dresses up like a Dragon Ball character. I'm starting to get the feeling that you're referring to someone in, in particular here. No, just like wrestlers in general. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> Certainly, there haven't there hasn't been a documented history of a demon who happened to team up with a bunny. Courtney Rush, I love you, and I still need to get my copy of Monster Brawl signed. <laughs> it's, had... it's signed by RJ City. <laughs> We need to watch Monster Brawl at some point. I know, I've got to put it on Yasui or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll do but it no, tonight, actually. We we adore Courtney Rush. The Rosemary character is phenomenal, and I'm glad that she's able to come back from injury and keep performing. She's kind of a little bit of a hero of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Although that angle with her trying to kidnap Matt Hardy's kid was a little weird. I mean, like, I get it, because it was like a Rosemary's Baby joke. Yeah. Which, you know, I, c I can appreciate the pun being led into a storyline. We've gotten distracted by talking about indie wrestling again. Oh no. Whatever will we do? I guess we can go back to the show. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Sean Dean goes down in 3 minutes 45. It was a squash match. Yep. Then we have Best Friends versus Lee Johnson and Musa. A little more important because we're going to see Musa again on Dynamite. So it's nice to get to see someone first and then mm -hmm. see them on the bigger show. But it's also a squash. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, a, it was, a, I mean, it's the best friends. They're never not going to be good because it's the best friends and the, like Chuck and Trent are both very good at what they do. And they're very charismatic about what they do. What did I call them when we were talking about this? Their their um their real names, Dustin and Greg. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't the match where he had the my I'm Dustin shirt on, was it? No, it it wasn't. That was the Orange Cassidy match, right? I think it was. Yeah. Okay, so that was last week. I'm thinking about. <laughs> Time has no meaning. No, it doesn't. We got a. Very fun-looking finish with the Soul Food German combo, and then the Strong Zero. Yep. Which, by the way, I looked it up. Strong Zero is a alcoholic beverage from Japan made by Suntory Brewing Company. <laughs> it has zero sugar and 9% alcohol. Oh. So that's why it's called Strong Zero. I like that uh, zero sugar thing. It's basically Japanese very high alcohol white claw so it's better white claw yes it, it's <laughs> okay so where white claw is considered here a fairly feminine drink strong zero is like a dude drink in japan huh oh german soul food i have i have kraut i could theoretically 
Oh, wait, no, I couldn't. Okay, so I have a problem in that I can't find vital wheat gluten anywhere because fucking everyone is making bread. Yep. So I can't make my own seitan, which is a problem because I want to make a schnitzel. And I'm like, do I have to make a tofu schnitzel? That's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. I also then would have to go back to the supermarket to buy breadcrumbs, which it's surprisingly hard to find vegan breadcrumbs. I have to be worried about vegan breadcrumbs. Oh, yeah. Like 80% of breadcrumbs have milk in them. I should double check the ones I have then. <laughs> Probably. Fuck. It's the same with croutons. Why do you got to put milk in bread? I don't know. Yeah, like, even Amazon is sold out of uh, Vital Weekly. And I mean, I find anytime I have to find something on Amazon that isn't... It's usually a last resort. Yeah. But also, fuck you, Amazon. Order it from, like, Vegan Cuts or something. If they ship to Canada. I will have to check that later on. Anyway. So, yeah, that's, that, that tangent brought to you by Strong Zero. Strong Zero. Japanese Manly White Claw. This episode of Dynamite brought to you by Strong Zero, so let's get into it. Wait, we have to uh, pause. Why don't we head over to the mid-roll and find out? Mid-roll, mid-roll, everybody's talking about the mid-roll, mid-roll, mid-roll. It is really gay. With the recent news in the world of wrestling, and the world at large, marking out with my girlfriend would like to open our humble little platform to anyone affected. Anyone interested can send us a voice clip up to one minute long to plug whatever you want, be that your merch store or, you know, I guess really just merch store, huh? Or any projects. Fair. We can be reached through hello at sosays.ca, marking out at sosays.ca, or through Twitter at sosaysmedia. That's S-O-S-E-S dot C-A or S-O-S-E-S media. Hey listeners, this is Kat. And this is Emma. And we're here to talk about some very exciting plans we have. Chicks with Dice is starting an actual play podcast. The Same Coin is a brand new series exploring the socioeconomic underpinnings of the Star Wars universe during the New Republic era. We'll be following two parallel campaigns with unique casts of characters as they explore the backroom deals, bribes, and betrayals that help keep the galaxy functional. Supporters of the Sosa's Media Patreon will get exclusive access to our recording of Session Zero, where we'll discuss what the cast and game mistresses, that's us, what they're looking for in their gameplay experience and how they want to see their character progress. We'll also be talking about RPG safety tools and how we implement and maintain them throughout the campaign. Our safety tools discussion will be released on the public podcast feed. The first episode of the series will air two weeks following the release of Session Zero, and will be following a bi-weekly release schedule from there. We hope you tune in to check out this absolute labor of love, but in the meantime, live long and prosper. Cat, that's Star Trek. Jizz! Hey, what's up, sluts? It's me, Flockjaw, the shittiest Muppet. I'm here to talk to you about a very important subject. That subject is a podcast that I'm on. It's called Unsound Theories. Well, gee, Flopjaw, what's Unsound Theories? Well, Cat, it's good that you asked. I was about to tell you, but I needed to wait for you to ask first. 
Unsound Theories, a podcast where, well, Kat here and also Kira, that's me, they watch a movie, but they don't use any sound or subtitles to watch the movie, so they have no fucking idea what the fuck is going on. And then they talk about what they think it was about. Well, gee, Flopjaw, that sure sounds like a lot of fun. Where can I find this podcast? You can find it literally wherever you get a goddamn podcast. Just search for fucking Unsound Theories. Make sure to smoke a lot of cigarettes when you listen, but don't actually do that, because it'll make your voice sound like mine. Find Unsound Theories wherever podcasts are sold. Hey everyone, it's time for Booty Moments with Cat. We're jumping right into this now? Yes. You couldn't wait any longer? No. I did. <laughs> was that was a, that was a segment intro that I stole from Haunted Doll Watch, so maybe we'll have to re-record that so I'm not stealing from the McElroy family of podcasts. They won't notice. Uh, uh, so on Saturday last week I was like hey I there's a free promo code from Chikara so I can watch their Saturday morning show if I you know and like I'll get that for free and then I'll get IWTV for $10 a month going forward that sounds like a pretty good deal it's so, a great deal it's a great deal we watched a lot of indie wrestling because <laughs> of it um so I watched the Chikara Saturday show. It's a lot of fun. It was a good show. And then I noticed in one of those matches, I believe it was a tag match, one Boomer Hatfield has an amazing ass. Like, on the scale of one, one being Rikishi to 11 being Finn Balor, this is like a nine and a half, maybe a ten. He's up there for sure. It was like, wow. Watch Chikara, I guess. Watch Chikara for amazing asses. It's a family friendly show. <laughs> it is a family friendly <laughs> show. Oh god. Also, Boomer Hatfield's just a really great talent and she's yes, watched. No, that that too. But that booty. <laughs> I'm just pointing out more reasons to watch Chikara. As if you needed more reasons to watch Chikara. You really don't? Just go do it. But not right now. We're recording right now. No, not right now. I also, I have to confess something to everyone. I have compromised on my personal values oh, in no. support of a wrestler. Oh no. I will have everyone on this channel know I am a diehard New Jersey Devils fan. I have blankets. I have multiple jerseys. I have a bunch of t-shirts. I will confirm. And... I bought a shirt this week that had flyers orange and black on it. It's the biggest betrayal of my club that I have ever undertaken. But it was in support of the Chikora wrestler Molly McCoy, who's great and non-binary and really, really fun to watch. So basically, I think what we're saying is join the Chikarmi and also watch the other stuff on IWTV. And then buy some shirts. Definitely buy shirts. But yeah, it's like a lot of wrestling companies will go out of the way to try and 
look or sound progressive. And mainly until recently, like it's been getting better, definitely. It's not so much the same story behind the scenes. Right. It's very performative for the most, or historically it's been very performative acceptance. Yeah. Whereas with Chikara, you've got non-binary wrestlers. You've got intergender wrestling going on. You've got you've got all the things that scare off a lot of bigger companies just happening with no big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's genuinely really great to see that. I hit my mic there. Um, <laughs> I like I what Chikara has done for the world of bringing more non-binary wrestlers to like the indie mainstream. I also particularly like the fact that Chikara lets people play with weird gimmicks to find themselves in like the early stages of their career. Yep. Like the Young Lions tournament is always a fun one to watch because you end up getting a bunch of people who are in basically their first year of wrestling. They get the spotlight and they get to, like, you know, learn to live in that spotlight. Yeah, it's either first year or under 25, I believe it is. So it's like they're they're young people going through this. Mm -hmm. It's impressive. So anyway, we have Dynamite to talk about, don't we? We do. Because we've been going. Oh, I can't trust that. We've been going for 40 minutes. Yeah, we, we had like 15 minutes of. Pretty much silence, I think it was. There was some stuff in there. We totally didn't talk a whole lot. Okay, so Dynamite. Dynamite this week got started off immediately with Cody versus Darby. Which, on so many other shows, would have been a headliner. Yeah. It's like, this is another one where, what was the match from a few weeks ago? I think it was another Cody match. But I had said that I expected to be like the first hour main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the one with Mox headlight in the second hour. But it's like again, I wouldn't expect this to be the opening match. No, this is this is what you're supposed to build up to during the match, and they just throw it right out there. Right, and it's been enjoyable as like it's been enjoyable to see AEW stop turning to squash matches. As uh, that's not true. There's three squash matches. This- <laughs> they've been bookending the squash matches better. Yes, they've been bookending the squashes with good matches. It's hard though when you don't have when you've got access to something like thirty percent of your full talent pool. Yep. So like you have to figure out ways to spread out the matches because it like. There's only so many times you can have the best friends wrestle someone of the like ten people who are there. Yeah. If they're if they're three out of the ten people who are there, they've got a limited set of matches that they can have. Yep. No, and through all this, they've been really good at keeping it as mixed up as they could. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely appreciated. So, Cody versus Darby. The first thing I was really surprised about this match was that Darby was the technical wrestler here. Mm-hmm. Cody was the much bigger, more, more, I guess, kind of brawly in like his own Cody way. But he threw out a lot of the bigger moves. Darby was the one going for a lot more submissions, a lot more chains, a lot more technical stuff. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that that was just really great to see him able to show that off in a really big match like this. Right, because, you know, you... Darby Allen kind of comes with a reputation of being a little bit of a spot monkey. Yeah. Because that's kind of what he was forced into by some people. <laughs> so having him be, like, you know, chain wrestling, having him work submission holds, stuff like that, shows that he's got everything. Yeah. I, I appreciated that this match let them explore, you know, doing each other's finishers against each other. <laughs> it, it let it explore uh, Cody being a bit of a heel. Mm-hmm. When he sidestepped Darby on the outside and let his wife take the hit, Cody fucking sidestepped. He sidestepped! He sidestepped! That piece of shit! Chris Jericho on commentary is my favorite thing. I love having Jericho on commentary, I'm not gonna lie. He says some of the most wild shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't want Chris Jericho to retire anytime soon, but I can't wait for Chris Jericho the full-time commentary. Yes, it's gonna be so silly. I know. Like, that's my thing with Jericho, is that, like, the way he does commentary is very silly. Yeah, it's like, usually I don't like heel commentators anymore. It gets very old, very... It, it gets very repetitive very quickly. But Jericho's just so entertaining. See, and, like, there's a difference between a heel commentator who's always like, Oh yeah, that bad guy is good. I like that bad guy. I buy her sex, I like that bad guy. <laughs> It's yeah. boring, it's dumb. It doesn't it doesn't serve a purpose. Like with Jericho, you get the idea that his motivations are always selfish. Yes. You know, it's about who can benefit Jericho the most. It has nothing to do with, you know, just liking guys cuz they're bad. He even talks of Aubrey a little bit in this match. Mhm. Cuz everyone heels heels and faces love Aubrey. <laughs> They don't. The heels don't love her, but they gotta respect her. It's Aubrey. You, if you don't respect her, you can expect her to throw you out. Uh, yeah. That was really forced. Um, <laughs> a little bit, but that's okay. It's so, yeah, Cody hits a coffin drop and gets countered. Darby hits a coffin drop. And gets rolled up. And as much as that sucked... And felt very not great. It's probably worth them pulling as an angle. That the coffin drop is as dangerous a move for the person doing it as it is for the person getting hit by it. So, like, if you don't hit the coffin drop perfectly, you're going to be out too. You're not going to be able to get the pin. You might get rolled up. Maybe it's the start of an evolution of Darby's finishing move. I was like, I can kind of see the storyline that they're going to go with this in the long term, where Darby can't beat Cody. Right. The best he the best he's been able to do is a draw. But I don't. Know, if something built the roll up in it, it it wasn't noticeable. It it was. I would say it was too subtle. Right. Because it. Cody literally just rolls his shoulder up while you're watching Darby still hooking the leg, like, intently. Like, I I'm, I have to go back and watch again, but I'm, I don't think Darby even realized he was getting pinned at that point. No, that's 
Right, right, right. Okay. <clears throat> Real quick. Beef, beef, beef. What's your beef? Beef, beef. What's your beef? Beef, beef. What's your beef? Hello, welcome to What's Your Beef. She did not okay these intro songs with me. <laughs> no, these had these had no prior approval from Aaron. This is this is all me just making shit up. I'm sure we can steal like a Beef Hutchins song or something like that and use that as our intro. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. But... I'll I'll tweet at Chris Fleming and ask if we can use a Beef Hutchins st- song. Oh, please do. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta look up Beef Hutchins. Is this a person? <laughs> is Beef Hutchins a real person? <laughs> no, Beef Hutchins is not a real person. <laughs> Darn. Beef Hutchins does have a song called Quit Lesson Around, though. <laughs> oh. I, like, Beef Hutchins is definitely, like, a, a Chris Fleming joke, right? I don't know. No, no, it's literally Chris Fleming in a, in a fake beard. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, what's your beef? My beef is with Cody. Okay. He sidestepped. Yep. My my real beef for this week. Oh god, there was something that I actually got upset about, and I can't remember now. Oh fuck. Aaron, go first. You have your beef more present. Okay. My beef is actually with the TNT title tournament that's been going on. And how, spoiler warning, uh, we get to the end and it's Cody versus Lance. Mm-hmm. Cody versus Lance is a storyline that could have been built up parallel to the TNT tournament without overshadowing it, without having to be part of it. It, I'm honestly seeing it as just an overshadowing of the younger talent that was in this tournament, like Darby Allen, like Sammy Guevara, like Kip Sabian. You have these up-and-coming stars that have huge followings right now, and you took a chance to formally recognize that, like, in in the storyline, mm-hmm. and made it into a Cody storyline that didn't need it. I think it came from a place where they needed to advance the Cody versus Lance Archer storyline, and they had to come up with something that they could film in the course of the filming time that they had left before they had to go into hiding. I honestly think that with the Lance Archer matches that he's been doing, you probably could have done the same thing. But like specifically when Lance Archer comes out for a match, he punches some random guy. Like you can you can explain that one a little bit better and build that in. It's like, yeah, I, I'm just gonna start punching all your staff until you take me on a match. Mm-hmm. It's like you can, you gave time for it but didn't use it for that is what i'm getting at yeah i I suppose so i don't i i think they did what they could with what they had under normal circumstances it would have been a very different storyline i would hope that in normal circumstances it would but i'm saying yeah i'm just saying like i don't think you needed the tournament for to be where this happened that's fair i don't think cody needed to be in this tournament no I do think Cody is going to lose this tournament. I honestly hope he does. Not on any personal level for sidestepping 
and getting his wife run over, not for beating Darby or anything. Just, I don't know. I like Cody chasing more. Yeah, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say what I thought. Yep. Cody doesn't do well on top. Cody confirmed for bottom. Cody is a very good underdog. He's very good going after targets. And I like seeing that. Simple as that. Okay, so my beef this week is actually back to the other company. And them just like, for not a lot of reason, releasing Curtis Axel. Yep. Like, I understand that he's a mid-carder and he's not someone that they particularly like. But, like, he was well on his way to being a very good trainer for the WWE. Yeah. Like, he helped train The Rock back when The Rock came back in 2011. He worked with Triple H. Like, he's 40. He could have easily stayed on with the company as a trainer. Yeah. Someone working with the, you know, like, even if he just worked in NXT, training the new guys, like, whatever. It could have been a very good position for him that would have, not that the WWE gives a shit about saving face, but could have saved a little face. No, totally agree. I am curious to see what he does with this, though. Like, do you think he goes somewhere? Well, okay, most of the guys that have... Most of the people released by WD aren't going to go to a specific place. They're going to work the indies when they can. But what you see happen with a lot of people when they leave a bigger company and work the smaller shows is they seem to rejuvenate that love of wrestling itself. Right. Versus sticking with WWE. Yeah. Where they're just left in the sidelines and they don't. You know, you start to resent the thing that you love. You're collecting a paycheck. You go back to the indies, you're not getting paid as much, so you're doing it for the love. Yeah. And you're working with guys who are also doing it because they love wrestling. So you get that, like, I guess like a second wind, I could say. Yeah, second wind is a very good way. Like, and plus, you can just, like, you can develop yourself while you're, you know, working as opposed to sitting when you don't get to develop. Yep. So it, I am hopeful that the guys who, the, the people who were released have a chance to work the indies, find what they love about wrestling again and come back better. Yep. Okay. So that's enough beefs. <laughs> that's enough big beefy men slapping beef. Big meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> I, I adore Big E. So after Cody Darby match, we get part two of Scorpio Sky's promo package, talking about when SCU was looking for a third, about that rejuvenating everything for him, Mm -hmm. and ending off on saying that he wants to be a fucking legend. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. Good for you, Scorpio Sky. We got an injury update on MJF. Yeah, he's been to his specialist. He's had a very fast recovery of the hangnail he had uh the doctor's amazed how quickly he did especially because he was on death's door yep but unfortunately before he was able to make it to the shows this week he ended up nicking himself shaving 
He nicked his neck such that a normal man would have bled out, but he survived. He says he wanted to be back to wrestle in front of six or seven of his peers next week. <laughs> but he'll be back for us because he loves the fans. <laughs> he is the light in the darkness, and he is better than us. I, I absolutely love these two promos he's done. They're very good. It's like just the right amount of silly. It, it's silly, but it's very... He's the one laughing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's silly in a way that he, he, in character, knows that it's ridiculous. So he's in on the joke as a character. Yeah, he's just pushing in your face a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Speaking of MJF, his bodyguard has a match. We have Wardlow versus Musa. <laughs> Coming off one squash match into... Wardlow. Uh, yep. So, Spinebuster works him in the corner. We get the one counter that a jobber is allowed. <laughs> Wardlow doesn't like it. Hits a knee strike in an F10. Wardlow kills a man again. That knee strike from Wardlow, where he's got them up on the second rope and just lets them fall, that is... I don't know if it's impressive looking, but it is scary looking. Yeah, and the like, you, your your brain really believes the slap when yep. he hits his leg. Like, oh god, that's their neck. Yeah, I, I just heard something snap, didn't I? <laughs> so we we have uh, the bubbly bunch next. Oh, this is this is such a good series. I love it. It's so silly. They can't agree. They, there's there's disagreement as to who won the Flim Flam Challenge. Sammy won the Flim Flam Challenge. Easily. Now, I did know something going on. As mm -hmm. it turns out, I have the same case as Sammy Guevara. That's pretty sweet, actually. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> so, in their tradition as part of the bubbly bunch of stealing things from TikTok... Yep. They decided to have a good old-fashioned Manitoba Melee. <laughs> Which was actually a compilation of that a bunch of stunt workers did mm -hmm. a, week or, a week ago. Which in and of itself was a take on the Don't Rush challenge yep. that a bunch of women wrestlers did a couple weeks before that. Both of those campaigns were really cool to see. I loved it. Mm -hmm. So they have a virtual brawl. It goes through the entirety of the inner circle. Then they get Peter Avalon. Then they Peter get Jungle Av Boy. <laughs> Peter Avalon takes a Shankla to the head. Yes, which was <laughs> wonderful and hilarious. Jungle Boy does his vine swing and they overlay a Tarzan yell. Sunny kiss. Uh, Luther. Then after Luther, we get... <laughs> fucking Lou Ferrigno with a taser. <laughs> yep. Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. Jericho's dad. Corey Taylor from Slipknot's in there somewhere, apparently. Yeah, um, what's his face? That comedian who... Fluffy? Iglesias. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember his first name. Gabriel? Probably. <laughs> Gabriel Iglesias, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Vicky Guerrero, which was my favorite part. Oh, don't forget Virgil, though. Virgil was in there. Oh, that's true. Virgil was in there. <laughs> uh, Vicky Guerrero was definitely... No, that's a lie. Kevin's... Uh, okay. I have very mixed feelings about Kevin Smith as a director. This is going to be our tangent where I talk about how I think Kevin Smith is kind of a hack. 
who got really, really lucky with clerks, and then has kind of ridden that for a real long time since then. Now, the question then is, would he disagree? Yes, he would. Kevin Smith thinks he's a genius. Oh, okay. Kevin Smith is also vegan, though, so I can't... I don't know. Vegan celebrities usually end up being shitty. Talk about you, Moby. You, Morrissey. I've got a comment there, but I'm going to keep my mouth shut about it. <laughs> the only the only vegan celebrity who I haven't like had good reason to hate is Miley Cyrus. Okay, that's fair. Good for her. She's just kind of doing her thing. But yeah, no, I, like it's been a while, but Jason Mewes got clean and is still clean. Yep, which is awesome. Amazing, wonderful, congratulations. I'm very proud of that as a Jersey girl and someone who just also kind of i okay i have to admit when i was a teenager i did actually really like jay and silent bob strike back <laughs> but only because it was one of those movies where they swore every other word yep and that made it exciting and edgy for me as a teenager <laughs> also mark hamill was in it and his he played as he played a super villain whose like whole story was that he jerked off it was good it was very good oh my goodness it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, so I don't remember most of it. Ew, it's a... Eh. You're better off watching Mallrats. Fair enough. Was it Mallrats just clerks in a mall? Yeah, Dogma was actually pretty solid, too. Dogma was just clerks in a church. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one at least had... That one had um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, I actually really like Dogma and snape what's his name alan rickman there we go yeah exactly but particularly matt damon and ben affleck and alanis morissette yes alanis morissette was god that was good played skee-ball a very 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 down the shore kind of activity honestly yeah if i were a deity i'd probably spend my time playing skee-ball at the jersey shore oh, there's a place in the midway i can just go there okay but you're a deity, you can go anywhere, so you should obviously go to the Jersey Shore. <laughs> Fair enough. So, now that we've finished that Viewisk Universe tangent, no DQ match between the best friends and the super bad polycule. So Jimmy Havoc came out first for this one, mm -hmm. and I got a little bit worried that there was maybe something going on, but you know, he just waited on the entrance and then Kip and Penelope came out. So like, okay. Jimmy just wanted to get his shit in. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no, this was like a good brawly kind of match. Yeah, it, it got kind of brutal, especially near the end. I mean, like, you get Jimmy Havoc biting some, biting Trent, like, you know. And considering this match started off with Jimmy Havoc throwing a chair at Orange Cassidy's head to take him out of the match. <laughs> because Orange Cassidy's the most dangerous part of the best friends. <laughs> there's that there's that guy with his hands in his pockets. Let me grab this chair. Yeet! <laughs> I mean, he did have a match with him. Mm -hmm. And he did end up losing. Mm-hmm. So he, he knows what's up. No, it like it was it was a really good brawl like brawl match that like felt very very fighty. Yes. They are both definitely in this to win this. Which like this also got me more excited for the uh the literal street fight. Yeah, because we're supposed to get that still with uh the Lucha Bros. And Pack triangular de muerte whenever they can get back to the u.s yeah so 
this is actually a really good promo for that. Mm-hmm. One thing I did notice is Jimmy Havoc totally could have used staples in this match and not get fined. Yeah, it was a no DQ match. But he didn't bring the staple gun. I forget, was that... Someone asked him, like, you know, where's your staple gun? He was like, yo, you don't ask men such... You don't, you don't ask a man a question like that. It's too sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where that was, but it was wonderful. Oh, it's, a, it's too sensitive a subject. You don't ask a man a question like that. <laughs> like, Jimmy Havoc is just so adorable. <laughs> In a terrifying way. Like, I, oh god. He's kind of like Cerberus. In that, yeah, Cerberus guards the gates of Hades, big and scary and all that, but still a puppy. <laughs> Being honest, he kind of like in some ways reminds me of my stepdad. Oh, <laughs> they have the same accent because they were both from London. Okay, yeah, you know they're definitely both like East End boys, so it it comes with a bit of a territory. Okay, but can your stepdad say Norfolk? I assume he can say Norfolk. I can say Norfolk. There's literally one in Virginia. <laughs> it's not that hard. But yeah, no, the best friends going over the super bad polycule was, I think, the right call. It was a very fun to watch brawl that, like... Had very little interference until the very end, too. Yeah. And we got to see an awful waffle, which we haven't for a while. Yeah. Awful waffles are always fun. I, I am sad that the super bad polycule had to take the loss here, but I know they still have love, so they'll get through. Okay, but... The best friends also still have love. They have platonic love because they're best friends. There's different kinds of love, Aaron. There <laughs> I was know. that w- there was that awful commercial during the Super Bowl. Oh god. Please don't remind me of the Super Bowl. Oh god, what was that what was that names of love Super Bowl commercial? I don't want to remember. It was like the love takes action from New York life. And one of them was agape, which was just agape. So that's the kind of love. <laughs> Where are we talking? Did we not talk about fisting earlier? Yes, there was something about fist the rectum. <laughs> so that's what agape is for. <laughs> this is that marketing for girlfriend. Ugh. <laughs> oh god that fucking kills I'm... <laughs> I can't stop laughing so while she's laughing I'm gonna go over like a spot that really made me cringe during this match was uh, Jimmy Havoc setting up two folding chairs on their side and giving Trent a falcon arrow onto the chairs and then Kip gives him a double stomp from the top rope. I physically cringed at that move. Yeah, that was a lot. Um, And, like, they didn't go for the pin. No, that wasn't even the end of the match. Like... Everyone knows nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Chuck has said it multiple times during a match. There was even two Falcon Arrows in this match, and neither of them were a pin attempt. And nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. Exactly. So anyway. (laughs) Got me. 
up next, we have a Britt Baker video package. Where she's really just making fun of Tony at this point. Mm -hmm. her, her makeup artist, Rebel, is there. Britt keeps calling her Reba. Yep. It's just, like, a lot of making fun of Tony. I, I, I don't... I, the, I, I don't know. For me, it's getting a little, like... I don't know. You you want them to take the next step in this storyline. Right. It's starting to feel like we've been sitting at this point for two months. Yeah. Oh, wait, we have. <laughs> like, oh, I like the first one she did, but but this one just kind of running down to me is like, no, that that's not so cool. Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, if Tony needs a woman to degrade him, he should pay a dominatrix instead of getting the company to pay one of the performers to do it. The rate is $50 an hour. You can contact us at. You could you could tweet me if you want to if you want someone to humiliate you, tweet me. I'll do it for $50. I'll make a video where I make fun of you for 50 bucks. Easiest 50 bucks I've ever made. Oh yeah, totally. So anyway, the next match on the card is Sean Spears versus Baron Black. And Baron Black is totally wearing knockoff Legend of Zelda gear. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's been said that we need to put a stop to cosplay gear. Has it been said? Yes. Dur specifically during WrestleMania. The oh, person who was doing the outfit voting polls was like, we need to get rid of cosplay gear. I'm so sick yeah. of cosplay gear. We get it, you like Dragon Ball. Enough. Courtney Rush, you can keep going. Yeah, no, the, Courtney Rush being the exception. Okay, but what about someone like, uh, Shan Shana? Shana? It's been so long since I've seen her. She's the one that, who whose normal gear is just Goku's outfit. No. No? Shanna. Change the gear. I've had enough. Big Swall is allowed to keep the storm gear, though. Okay, that's fair. So, yeah. We get some great uh, glute flexes from Spears early on the match. Mm -hmm. Goes for a Jericho-style pin, but only gets two. And does a sharpshooter for the win. Because he's Canadian, you have to do the sharpshooter. Right, when you're Canadian, the sharpshooter's a requirement. It's literally a part of gym class. There's a week every year dedicated just to sharpshooters. It's kind of nuts. Alright, kids, pair off! It's sharpshooter week! <laughs> no, it's like... Uh, <laughs> you do you do pacers you do fitness grand pacer test and then you have to do sharpshooters yep you alternate weeks one week is pacers the next week is sharpshooters oh god did, did you have to do the fitness grand pacer test i don't think i did oh you, the fitness grand pacer test is uh, emma has on multiple occasions, specifically copied the entire text of the Fitness Grand Pacer test oh, and gosh. used it as a meme. See, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I was actually in really good shape in high school. Mm -hmm. So if we did, I probably just didn't notice. It's the one where you, like, from point to point on a basketball court, run back and forth across the shorter side. Okay, so when we were late for class, we would get to do, we would have to do that. And I would lose track and just keep going until he told me to stop. So it wasn't like it wasn't like suicides where you have to do line, 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 yeah. line, 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 yeah. back and forth. It's just like, okay, so the, the basketball court is a rectangle, right? Yeah. There's the shorter sides and there's the longer sides. So you went back and forth from 
uh, across the short side from the out of bounds line to the out of bounds line and every time the cassette tape that they put in the stereo would go beep you'd have to run back and make it in time before the next beep okay otherwise you are out yeah no we didn't have to do that but but like i said if i showed up late i would have to do something like that and then i would lose track and i would get in trouble for losing track it was pure hell and it was on a cassette tape in the 2010s gosh i i used to have like really good cardio i really miss that now we should once actually governor's opening parks again this weekend so i might actually be able to do some exercise oh my goodness i know right so we get a breakdown of lance archer's blackout we get a marco stunt video package that talks about him being marco stunt <laughs> marco stunt rest in peace again oh gosh then we get mr Brody lee the exalted one versus fun size marco stunt mr fun size mr fun size marco stunt the battle of the misters <laughs> it's what you expect from marco stunt versus Brody lee yeah it's like he managed to avoid getting counted out and showed a lot of heart in the match but it was never really in question yeah, no, and, like, it was a good powerbomb finish, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, that sit-up powerbomb was huge. It is unnerving the way that Brody Lee looks at, like, the middle distance when he pins someone. Like, almost directly at the hard cam, but not quite. Right, the middle distance. <laughs> um, so, yeah, rest in peace, Margot Stunt, 1996 to 2020. We'll see you again next week, hopefully. <laughs> Where maybe you'll have some backup. Marco the Revenant stunt. <laughs> the new Undertaker. <laughs> Marco, Marco stunt just gets keeps getting killed by the big guys in AEW. He has a match with Wardlow next, and then it oh, comes no. out that Marco is actually just undead. I mean, it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> I do appreciate the way that Marco Stunt's ring attire throws back to, like, 90s Nickelodeon, though. Yes. He's very colorful. He, he has a lot of the 90s energy that you mm -hmm. would expect a kid to have. And, like, but, like, particularly, he has, like, patches on his, his pants that have, like, the Rugrats. Yeah. The, the title card. But it says Marco Stunt instead of whatever Rugrats episode it is. Yeah. So we get a John Moxley video. Where he's talking about being excited about coming back to a live A&W. Holy crap. He's back to a live A&W. He's getting the Uncle Burger. <laughs> excited for a live A&W. And what he's going to do to everyone. And also, call your grandmother. And support local businesses. Yeah. This interview was all over the place, really. It was, yeah, it, it's... He's thankful for his wife, Steel Chairs, and AEW coming back. Yep. And he wants you to call your grandmother. So next week, MJF returns, Mox versus Kazarian, and then the more interesting of the matches, the Sex Gods, Jericho and Sammy Guevara, 
versus Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega in a street fight. Yeah. That one feels like a weird pairing. I guess it's kind of like so they can bring up the Blood and Guts match again. Right, but I wouldn't expect Kenny to tag with Matt Hardy. Fair. Kenny could tag with anyone, but like, it just, I don't know. Uh, It feels like the kind of thing where if they could have gone with anyone, they might have thrown like, maybe like Cody in there for it. And have Kenny and Hagman do a separate match. Or it could have just been Kenny and Hagman versus the Sex Gods. Also, I love that tag team name. It's a very good tag team name. What really, what we need is the Sex Gods versus the Golden Lovers. Yes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying the amount of love in that ring combined with the amount of hate in that ring would be amazing. The amount of love in that ring combined with the amount of narcissism in that ring. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. So we get, after that, our main event, Lance versus Dustin with Brandy in a brand new outfit. Because it's totally filmed at the same time, don't worry. Definitely. Uh (laughs) (laughs) This was a great big man match. Absolutely. Like... Okay, we joked earlier, big meaty men slapping meat. This this, this is actually what it was. And it works. Like, that's the thing. Like, when it works... Yeah. When it works, it works. But, like, you know, when you rely on big meaty men slapping meat for the entirety of your card, it gets boring. Like, yeah, because AEW's roster is generally smaller and faster, Mm -hmm. when you get stuff like this, it it is actually more impressive because it's a complete change of pace for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. And it, it like, and the, the, the Haas matches as I hate, I hate that term, but we'll call it that. Cause that's what yeah. it's called. Cause I associate people calling people Hosses with Leathermen in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a very, very homoerotic energy. It's wrestling. Everything is homoerotic. But, like, more than normal. Okay, I see. And it adds, like, a Leatherman in a, you know, a seedy 80s gay bar kind of vibe to it in a way that, like, I respect the history, but as a lesbian, it makes me uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got you now. That's valid. But yeah, this was a wild match. Yeah, we got a Rhodes bleeding pretty early on, mm-hmm. as is to be expected. I think my favorite part of this match was Dustin hitting a crossroads and getting a one count out of it. Oh gosh, yeah. It's like it wasn't the smoothest crossroads ever, but the sheer fact that he got a one out of it at, at like the midpoint in the match mm-hmm. is just oof. So I like that it sets up for next week's finale. Yeah. That Cody might get a two. Crossroads isn't that effective on Lance Archer. Yeah. It sets up doubt whether the move is going to be effective in a way that like is multi-week storytelling, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like we get like a <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> producer Aitsu says uh, that dang Rhodes elbow is like steel, but their forehead <laughs> skin is razor thin. Uh, yep. 
I'm glad that blading has mostly fallen out of practice. It's dangerous and it's dumb. I don't like it. Yeah, and the the less that you do it, the more effect it has when color does happen. Exactly. And then you got the rose, you just do it every match. Yeah, there's there's three key things to being a Rhodes. Blonde hair, bleeding like crazy into that blonde hair, <laughs> and having incredible matches. Yeah. Speaking of incredible... After the crossroads, Lance goes up to the uh, ropes and does an old school walk. Mm-hmm. Corner to corner, and then hits a moonsault. Mm-hmm. In the words of Orange Cassidy, going around the world, baby! <laughs> like, the guy's six six, and he's just walking a tightrope like it's nothing. It was very impressive. Yeah. I mean, like, QT coming out to throw in the towel, and then Cody being like, don't do it. Yeah. Very classic storytelling. I loved it. Like, none of this match was... This was a... This was a regular AEW Dynamite match. Yeah, I would have expected this to show up in any a any Dynamite card. Heck, even, even some of their pay-per-view cards, this probably would have been, like, a mid-card match. Mm-hmm. It shows that Dustin can still work when he's paired with the right guy, too. Yep. So, yeah, we finish with an EVD claw. And a bunch of head smashing. <laughs> a bunch of head smashing. Oh, God. Like, that was the worst looking part of that match. It's like, no, that, that's that's just head on canvas and wood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, head on canvas and then that little thin pad and then wood. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but um, it was it, it was exciting, and I'm excited for them being live again next week. As much as I'm, as much as we don't like the call to be, as wrestling fans, we're excited to see it. And like the thing is, if the other company is going back to being live, you kind of it kind of forces your hand. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, like they probably would have done more pre-taped, but you know, like. Florida's opening up again. Yeah. Prematurely. Georgia's already open a lot. I don't expect them to be live for a significant period of time before going back to pre-taped. Yeah. I don't expect crowds back until next year. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. If the companies can even survive. WWE, you know, will have no problem surviving. AEW has really good backing and a really good tv deal but we'll have to see it you know viewership numbers are what determine that and people just aren't watching wrestling anymore it is a weird surreal experience to watch show and not have crowd reaction Mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to and i think people after having seen the crowdless shows for wwe were like oh yeah no aw is gonna be more of the same I think AEW has done a good job of helping itself by having people ringside. Yeah, they've gone as close to the original feeling as they can, but more people are going to see the WWE product first and tune out. Mm-hmm. So we can only hope that, you know, wrestling shows resume sometime soon. But not prematurely. But not prematurely. It's, it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was Dynamite. We've covered both um, booty moments. And beef. 
and beef. We kind of hit that one in record time. Yeah, you know, we got, what, an hour and a half on the clock here? Yeah, I I think that that's about right. Anything left to say, Kat? What, watch Chikara? <laughs> that's what we're going to do. They've got, they've got a show Saturday mornings on independentwrestling.tv. It's a good show. Maybe we should start covering that. <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> anyway, thank you all for coming out. I know this was a weird one. We'll be back on Twitch next week. But in the meantime, we're going to dab, destroy all bourgeoisie, and say, be gay, Mwah. do crimes, bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. I really should have gone to King of Trios weekend, huh? It's only in Reading. <laughs> That's really I mean, not far from me. Yeah. I'm going to say, like, if you're going to go any other time... I'm definitely tagging along. It is a two-hour drive. It's not bad, actually. That's just from here to Toronto. Except I'm going away from civilization towards Pennsylvania. I mean, fair. <laughs> I'm saying the time is similar, and I used to do that all the time yes. for wrestling. I'm just saying. Suck it, Pennsylvania.